Blog Talk Radio. Listen to me. Because I really don't care no more about what anybody thinks. Because if we're going to go down this road and make a covenant, we can't make another covenant with death. You said, Tavis, what is that word about promise? What the, Barbara Jordan, what the American people want is simple. They want an America as good as its promise. Well, America is no good at all. If you have made a promise that you don't keep, what are you? You are a liar. Did they promise the Native Americans? Did they write it in treaties? Did they fulfill it? Did they promise us 40 acres and a mule? Did they fulfill it? Brown versus the Board of Education. 50 years later, where's the promise? Is it fulfilled or are we still in segregated schools? The right to vote. You got it? But the minute they gave it to you, they were finding ways to take it back from you. Can't you open your eyes and see the house is burning? We are dying every day, and we're in a hell of a condition because we've made a covenant with a government that is death itself, with a people that have lied to us, deceived us, and murdered us, and rubs us good on one side and kicks us in the behind on the other. You are a deceived people. If you don't have the testicular fortitude, to say what needs to be said, then sit down and stop trying to say you speak for our people and the hurt of the poor. Now I close. Excuse me. I think I'm getting excited. I applaud this covenant. But it demonstrates our impotence. Because in many of the chapters, it keeps going back to not only what we do, but really, we start looking to the same liar that has continued to promise, but never fulfilled. And that's why God said, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven, forgive your sins and heal your land. So don't look to them. Look to God. Look to yourself. Break your covenant with hell and death. Then make a covenant with black America and let's help implement a road map that will free us and the whites that will be freed can be freed by this. The Mexicans, the Hispanics can be freed by this road map. We are a universal people. But those at the top, they're on their way to hell. And if I got any power, I want to push them into hell as fast as I can.
never seems to fail. I've been running off with the mouth for like seven minutes. Not knowing that I had uh, muted my mic and uh, I about to say all that stuff again. I can't. I don't remember it all. But here we go again. Welcome to TruthWorks Network. Here on Blog Talk Radio, the number to call in will be 929-477-2867. I think I muted the mic on Farrakhan. <laughs> and, um, let me simply revisit some of the things that I've said so far. Look at where we are. We have children in cages. We've had people in the streets jumping up and down. And they don't care. They don't care. They have four months to convince you they're not so bad, that they are not so bad. I wonder how many people will believe that, think of that when they reverse Roe v. Wade. And for me, it's just, I, every week I want to come on and say, you like Hillary now? You want Hillary now? But don't worry, the Supreme Court, they were going to block Hillary. They were actually going to stand as long as they held the Senate and the House. They would have blocked Hillary's Supreme Court nomination, not just Obama's. They were they were ready to steal the, the Supreme Court seats for five years. What does that say about their dedication to party and power? And oh, we just want to get along. We just want to be civil, cordial. We want to get along with our friends from across the aisle, our colleagues. As we've meandered down this road, we've always come up on the losing end. And our big debate is the Democrats are just as bad as Republicans. Republicans are bad. But Democrats are just as bad. I'm not going to argue either way. I'm not going to argue anymore. I'm just not going to be roped into that back and forth of um, I'm going to call it whataboutisms. And whataboutisms is a technique that's been used that's been basically copied to instead of addressing a question, a problem, We like to, what about isms? What about isms? And many people ask me why I dislike Republicans. Well, one thing good I can say about Republicans is they play a long game. And they set the table and they have a message. 
and they beat that drum of that message until it's beaten into the heads of these idiots who call themselves the real Americans. Those idiots from the red states who basically use a purity contest as a blueprint for their ideology. You can't reason with them. They suffer from extreme cognitive dissonance. I'd like to help them, but I can't. And I'm almost giving up on trying. I can't even help the people that uh, want some of the same things that I want. It seems to be a disconnect here with people saying one thing and doing another. We suffer from what about isms. We are too busy suffering from a lot of what about isms. With these what about isms, I simply want to give you a classic, classic example of what I mean when I say, what about this? You, we debate one way, and instead of addressing the debate, someone will go, well, what about this? What about that? And this is a classic example. And the only reason I'm playing this clip is because... Uh, Nature's calling. Let us move on to our next questioner at the microphone over there. Mr. Welcome to America, Mr. Mandela. I'm Ken Edelman. Those of us who share your struggle for human rights and against apartheid have been somewhat disappointed by the models of human rights that you have held up since being released in jail. You've met over the last six months three times with Yasser Arafat, who you have praised. You have told Gaddafi that you share the view on, and applaud him on his record of human rights and his drive for freedom and peace around the world. And you have praised Fidel Castro as a leader of human rights and said that Cuba was one of the countries that's head and shoulders above all other countries in human rights, despite the fact that documents of the United Nations and elsewhere show that Cuba is one of the worst. I was just wondering, are these your models of leaders of human rights? And if so, would you want a Gaddafi or an Arafat or a Castro to be a future president of South Africa. One of the mistakes which some political analysts make is to think that their enemies should be our enemies. never do. We have our own struggles which we are conducting. We are grateful to the world for supporting our struggle. But nevertheless, we are an independent organization 
with its own policy and the attitude of every country towards our attitude towards any country is determined by the attitude of that country to our struggle. Yasser Arafat, Colonel Gaddafi, Fidel Castro, support our struggle to the hilt. There is no reason whatsoever why we should have any hesitation about hailing their commitment to human rights as they are being demanded in South Africa. Our attitude is based solely on the fact that they fully support the anti-apartheid struggle. They do not support it only in rhetoric. They are placing resources at our disposal for us to win the fight. That is the position. Now, I played that simply because it's a classic example. The man who asked Nelson Mandela that question was a black man. He was of New York City somebody, someone else. But um, he's a reporter, suit, uh, distinguished. But he raised that issue to sully the names of people that Nelson Mandela and South Africa were committed to supporting. And the United States was not. We do the same thing with the whataboutisms. We do the same things when we can't get our heads around one thing. It's not for me, for me. Right now, Nancy Pelosi, no. I think she should be challenged. But for right now, she's where she's at. That that uh, we don't look behind, we're going to look forward stuff when uh, they had all of the power was a mistake. And I did not like that. This, this uh, latest uh, situation where she wanted to uh, side with Republicans against Maxine Waters, that Maxine shouldn't have said that. But uh, let's not um, leave out there what about it. When you come to understand that when I play clips from people like Bill Maher, I don't give a damn about what Bill Maher did 20 years ago. And I don't give a damn about what all I care about was the example that he put out there as to how people, especially how Democrats, should be fighting these Republicans with messaging, with a better message. 
Rachel Maddow? No, she's not the great go-to. She's a hell of a journalist. So her convictions and all of her whataboutisms, you know, oh, by the way, she gave me information that was useful and are very useful. And of course, yes, Nancy Pelosi, Schumer, Jake Durbin, the Democratic Party are, they're full of them. The Democratic Party is full of them. In short, they're full of shit. But we can't just clean up that shit and fight the Republicans too. cannot I repeat you cannot just cast your ass off into a boat into the middle of the ocean and expect to pick up anything other than sea dust as in plastics and waste because you're going to paddle your boat nowhere your boat is going nowhere The only thing I can tell you is this. Grab them by their throats. Grab the Democratic Party by their throats and pull them as far left as you possibly can. Because unless you're doing that, you're pissing in the wind. You're literally pissing in the wind. If we don't see that, if you don't see that, you're ignoring political reality. This is the political reality. I saw, um, I saw, I just, I just connected with, um, with Brother Otis, Brother Otis who calls the show, who's a loyal listener, who. And we think alike. We think the same things. I saw on one of his Facebook posts where, um, damn it, I think I've lost it. (laughs) Well, it'll come back to me. Otis had on one of his Facebook posts that, um, and I was trying to read and read what's in the chat room and talk to. Yeah, Janet, Hewitt Hewitt is out. He never should have been in. That doesn't mean that MSNBC is the do-all, give-all, need-all. But uh, he's right. But um, one of Otis's posts, and damn, I can't. I can't remember it now. I guess it was all the all those years of cannabis consumption. But I've totally lost that train of thought. Because I was being distracted by the postings of the chat <laughs> in the chat room. But it'll come back to me and I'll give you a Oh, that's what I meant to that's what I was thinking about Otis's post. But uh the post was to me it was, you know, It was something that I wanted to share with everyone, and uh, because it it was um, 
we have to um, be aware. And that particular post from Otis by Otis was uh, something that I was <laughs> more than aware of. But uh, I wanted to disseminate. Uh, oh, by the way, Flocka. Flocka. The newest drug outbreak creates real zombies. It's down in Colombia, and I got it posted at TruthWorks. I got it posted at, on the Alpha Show, on Facebook, and um, I don't understand it. I, anything that, that turns you out as a zombie has to be absolutely no good. Drugs in and of itself is one thing, but this, they call it Flocka. Flocka is, um, I, and I guess these two people that I see, what are they, pouring beer on her? She's, um, they've given this girl this drug, they've given this guy this drug, and they, they totally look like zombies, and they're acting. They're, they're even acting like zombies. So be careful. Beware of all of the things <laughs> that um, you see. Oh, and I've got a um, my granddaughter is having twins, and they had a gender party there in Iowa to reveal the gender of the twins. And um, I'm looking forward to two more um, great-grandchildren, two more boys. (laughs) So um, it's crowded. (laughs) This gang is getting deep. Um, I can't convince them to... uh, Slow it down. Hold your own. And, um, <laughs> but uh, that's where we are. That's where we are. It, uh, it's, to me, it's amazing. I've got, I'll have 19 great grandchildren now, and and, uh, Serious headache come Christmas time. <laughs> come Christmas time and birthdays. Just remembering birthdays. I used to have it in my phone and I would get an alert and all of that kind of stuff, but no. Not since um, I haven't had time to re enter it when I had to get a new phone because of a blackout. But. Um, let me get back to what I was saying. Um, we have so many, so many issues. There are so many things that are wrong. There are so many crises, scandals. The FBI is being. Torched by Republicans. Republicans tortured Republicans to hide a traitor. 
when you believe and when you think of Donald Trump, just think treason. Just think treason. Because we are rapidly, you know, (laughs) I heard a a statement this evening. It says, there's life after checkmate. (laughs) There is life after checkmate. Now, what kind of life is that going to be? We are engulfed, and we're headed on. We're on the train track headed the wrong way in the tunnel, and that light is not the end of the tunnel. It's another train. I would like to believe in something other than this two-party system. But it just hasn't surfaced yet. And oh, before I forget, I want to say congratulations to my big sister, the CEO of TruthWorks Network, the producer, the computer technician, (laughs) and all of that, and congratulate her on her retirement. She's going to be so mad as she wakes up day after day and ain't got to go to that place, ain't got to think of that place. It's going to take a while to get get over the dreams and nightmares of having worked there, but um, we'll just chalk that up to PTSD. I'll still... I still got it with the bread company, and um, I've been gone from there for, what, 12 years? I don't know, it's been more than that. (laughs) Yeah, it's been 12 years. So I want to say congratulations to Janice Graham on her retirement from... Now Hood, formerly the Justice Department, the whole nine yards. I've been trying to get her to retire for a few years, a few years, several years, more than two, less than seven. <laughs> but um, hopefully she will um, be back on the air pretty soon and And sees her Saturday night spot back. Because right now, the way I feel, I tell you, I'm tired of telling people (laughs) that they need to message better, that the Democrats need to, and they don't seem to get it. Oh, goodness. Wow. Well, I came in and I said to myself, you know what, after a while, people get tired of hearing Donald Trump, Donald Trump, Donald Trump. 
but the chaos and the urgency of saving this democracy, if it's worth saving, and saving a democracy that we don't believe in, because it's not a democracy for us. It really isn't. It's a democracy for white privilege. And the white privilege that we have to deal with seems to be a fleeting, and I'll call it a fleeting remembrance, because a lot of of things that uh, people seem to confuse about white privilege. And the only thing, and I don't want to try to explain it, I'll um, I'll allow this young lady who's who's a poet. <laughs> She's a poet, and she'll try to explain it to you. We learned your French. Okay. We learned your English. We learned your Spanish. We learned your Dutch, your Portuguese, your German. You learned our nothing. You called us stupid. That's white privilege. And I'm sure it probably hurts for you to hear those two words, kind of like gunshots and explosions from those commissioned to protect you with whisking past your ears. What is white privilege? It is the only five decades of legal acknowledgement expected to correct 400 years of white transgression. It's crack versus cocaine. Blacks receiving almost 20% longer sentences for the same exact offenses of life, for instance. A black man without a record is less likely to get a job than a white felon or maybe it's because we're lazy and we don't work hard enough. Like, what the fuck, 400 years in the same field literally is an incredible resume builder. It is Katrina answering the government's prayers of eugenics, Dick Cheney going fishing the next day, Condoleezza on a shopping spree, Bush in San Diego, but Kanye is the one you call crazy because, like, it only took the USA two days to get A to Asia, but five for FEMA to get to Canal Street and Esplanaded as the one black kid who beat the shit out of the odds, but only thanks to Sandra Bullock, Michelle Pfeiffer, and the White Shadow, so now we all can make it. It is the only time thousands of white people are cheering for the black kid to win it in the stadium. It is you looking at me crazy if I told you to go back to Europe, even though we didn't have a say. It is you all of a sudden having a problem with immigration like this isn't even your nation. How the hell do you discover some shit that wasn't even missing to begin with you Columbus or tradition? Had white girls twerking in high definition with multicolored hair and purple nails, but it was ghetto when we did it. Oh, I make you uncomfortable. Try a cramp slave ship. But wait, slavery is over now. It's just called the prison system because, like, you're not racist because you don't use the N-word, but y'all use niggas every day. What is white privilege? It is the acceptance of bombs over Baghdad but not over Boston. It is European history being taught as a major and African as an elective. It is learning about my people only 28 days like I'm not black every fucking second as every white boy. What the fuck my braids out, not because I'm pretty, but because I'm pretty for a black girl. It is people thinking that Africa is one nation. It is the waving of the Confederate flag like you to 
didn't lose the battle and then telling us to get over slavery. And people saying that black people destroyed neighborhoods, but forgetting that white people had destroyed continents. It is every time I bring up my plight, some white man has to tell me that I'm crazy, but it's kind enough to praise my English or say that we are all given the same opportunities, even though he has a family history of wealth. And I don't even know my family history at all is the justification of police brutality. Like, what did that person do? I'm sure it doesn't hurt as much when the victim doesn't look like you. It is people thinking that affirmative action is an unfair advantage instead of keeping the qualified from being unfairly disadvantaged or throwing out a qualified applicant because their name's out to African-American is Newport's imported into black communities where black boys exported for weed as big plastic asses that are called fat when we naturally have them. It is an Australian woman whose new classic of rap music is everyone who hears this poem dismisses all this truth I just spit as reverse racism. That is white privilege. Thank you. <laughs> that, um, that bit of poetry caught my eye. And that bit of poetry caught my eye because um, it spoke to the truth. Didn't leave anything out, didn't leave us wanting for anything other than more. Okay. Let's get into this. The marches today for the children in cages helps. The jumping up and down about a Supreme Court pick when there are three Democrats who are worried about being reelected are going to jump the ship and support a Trump nominee, whoever he puts up, even if it means the end of Roe v. Wade. So you have Democrats helping Republicans bring about the apocalypse for women and women's health. You have Republicans doing and have been doing all types of crazy shit. People ask me why I dislike Republicans. They're the party of draft-dodging cowards, the party that outs CIA agents, the party of stolen valor, the party of phony patriots, a.k.a. patriots. The treason party allied with Russia. The party who allowed Russia to be alone in our Oval Office with a clown. The party of hypocrites, not just hypocrites, hypocrites, thieves and frauds. The party of fraudulent charities. The party who lied about making charitable charitable donations. The party of Israeli ass kissers. The party that brought us 9-11. The party that sends sons and daughters to be slaughtered since 2003. The party that hopes you get kicked off your health care, get sick and die. The party really concentration camps. The party that has taken away our liberties 
to freely travel even within our own borders. The party of sick bastards who accuses others of doing the things only they are doing. (laughs) That's in that realm of admit nothing, deny everything, and accuse everyone of what you're guilty of. The party of moralists with no morals. The civil party without civility. The party that accuses non-party Americans of such things as pedophilia, even as they are stealing and hiding children. Those are just a list of the reasons I dislike Republicans. Everything they do seems to come with a, with a, it's okay for us to do it. But when you do it, we have enough people who are dedicated with a message to beat the drum, to invade microphones and cameras, to repeat the lie over and over and over until it's indoctrinated into their heads. You can't make yourself any less of an American, a party willing to discredit the FBI and cover for a traitor, has no business ruling over the greatest nation in the world. And I say our greatest nation because there is no other. Out of all the places in the world, I can still think of only one place I would rather live, and that's in the United States, even with our jaded history, with our dark history. I cannot see myself living anywhere else. I see I see four or five on my board. And Don, if that's you, put your hand up hit press one. Right now let me go to um six one seven six one seven 617, welcome to the Alpha Show. Thank you for calling TruthWorks Network. Good evening, Alpha, and thank you for the kind words and all the best wishes. Um, I don't like to use the word retirement. I just, right now, I don't have a job. I'm, I'm part of the unemployed. Oh, you know what? Wait, 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 wait. For someone who basically advocated for you, to retire. I don't give a damn if you don't like retiring. What are you talking about? You just get you a chair and get in front of your computer and you sit there and you rock. <laughs> That's all that's needed. It's gonna that is take, all that's needed. It's going to take some uh, amount of adjustment, um, not worrying about what cases we get to 
uh, charge, what cases we're going to try to go down on just the settlement, who's doing the intake. I mean, all those things, I mean, that's 24-7 going on in your brain, but it'll take some adjustment. But, Alvo, I, I, I really called in because a couple of things have occurred to me in all the discourse over the week um, about what's going on in our country. And all of it is not necessarily political, but most of it is. Um, It has been very clear to us for years. I know um, when I began to do my show, I'll be entering my 37th um, year of broadcasting. And um, it has always been very clear that what goes on in this country fundamentally uh, when it comes to racialized uh, concepts and thinking is is, is white fear of black and brownness. And we can see that going on in every sphere of political action uh, since this president has come into being. But one of the lessons in the background is what happened to Barack Obama. Uh, and I know people, I don't like to talk about Barack Obama in terms of what he's doing, where he is, and, you know, uh, thinking about, well, he was the last president. But I don't think we can dismiss in the context of racialized America, we can dismiss what happened to him when he was the president of the United States. One of the fatal flaws of his presidency was his inability to pull the trigger uh, on lots of things. The other was that, I mean, he had a lot of flaws, and the other was that he was... Um, the perpetual ambassador, the perpetual yeah. <laughs> negotiator, non-perpetual. Uh, well, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I think he fought some fights in the background, but he fought them at a level where it wasn't effective. Um, you know, that's we can why you fight out, about front. We can pull out immediately the idea of Russian hacking into the 2016 election. Um, Barack Obama was unwilling to confront publicly that issue. He knew about it. I mean, he sent Susan Rice out uh, to say to the NSC and the Intelligence Committee to back off on the issue because the only way that it was going to be resolved was a full frontal confrontation with um, with Putin. Even though uh, Obama, during one of the summits, had a meeting with Putin, Putin and delivered a very harsh message about um, him um, stopping the hacking and the interference, and that is how uh, Putin and Barack Obama became staunch enemies. 
which is why Putin is supporting um, Donald Trump's destruction of the Obama. But where the you know we have to look at where are the lessons that we take away uh, from his presidency and his flaws. And those lessons, I think, ride right on the fault lines. Uh, but here's a, here's a du- duality of our existence as black people. Um, I want to I want to cut my comments short, so I'm going to say, um, you do if you if you do it, um, you do it at your peril, and you don't do it at your peril. And one of and and one of the lessons I think that we have to claim as a from the very beginning we never provided a sure footing for that president. I mean, he wasn't going to go very far, but he would have gone a lot further had he felt that the people who voted him in, just like the people who voted in Donald Trump, they are holding the wall for him. And Barack Obama had an agenda and we didn't hold the wall from him in the very beginning. And when he faltered, it was set in stone. I'm not denying that he was a centrist, denying that at all. But we've got to stop thinking, just like, you know, earlier in the show you said, you know, you listen to Bill Maher, you was... I re- I read The Economist. I read I read a diversity of opinion and information sources. I take what I need and can use and leave the rest. And all of this criticism, you know, for instance, we talk about uh, Barack Obama should have um, appointed Merritt Garrett, Merritt, whatever the man's name is, Garrett. Give me in the name, Alpha. You know the Supreme Court nominee, a midterm um, um, uh, appointment. Well, here's the point: Would we have held the wall for him on that to learn? You can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Garland, thank you, India. Uh, Merritt Gar- Garland, and and the thing is, Merritt Garland would have been a much better choice than what we got and what we're going to get. But by that time, by 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 that time. Barack Obama was so hand pistol shy. And he wasn't going to do it. Yeah, well, there, 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 there we have the 
the onus. <laughs> That's where we are, and this is you what know, we got. I, I think about in my career, if I hadn't had some people at my back, people who were never going to do what I was going to do because I wasn't pistol shy, but they had my back. They were in the background trying to explain to the people who would have assassinated me had there not been some reasonable explanation going on in other corners and other sectors, whatever. And I, I just think, you know, we we can we can lay the blame on everybody, but we voted for that guy and we left him hanging. Well so you and and I I agree to a certain extent of what you're saying, Janet. But I'm gonna tell you like this. I've lived in Chicago all my life. And through the projects, through Stateway Gardens, through all of look, if you if you enter if you enter the circle, if you enter the fight, you you either fight or you get your ass whooped. Well, 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 here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. At the time that Barack Obama was making his ascension to the Senate and through the Senate, and in nineteen two thousand and four, two thousand and six, when the Democratic National Convention was here in Boston, when he made that speech, there were people who were saying. This is our black guy. This is our black guy. Okay. But we weren't doing anything in the background. We were just letting letting them once again decide who was the black guy. And we had no alternative because we are too busy trying to be fucking smart and fucking stars. I mean, it it just infuriates me the way in which black people will beat each other up and come up with nothing but stars. (laughs) You're right. You're right, Janice. Can I put, let me, don't you go nowhere. I want to put you on mute because I want to bring up 405. 405, welcome to TruthWorks Network. Thank you for calling the Alpha Show. Thank you, Alpha. And I want to say hello to Janet (laughs) and all of that. Yes, this is me, man. I'm glad to hear from you, man. I I saw the 405, and I'm going to tell you like this. I've only been back on the air on occasions, and I've been looking for 405, your, your area code or Wherever it, you know, and uh, yes. when I saw it pop up, something, something told me that that was you, and I said, <laughs> I haven't spoken to you in some years, brother. How have you been doing? Hey, Alpha, I'm doing okay, man. Just rolling with the punches, um, day by day, and dealing with the issues that we uh, we are confronted with, just like Janice has said, uh, Barack Obama, we. Um, we we put him in office, and he and he ended up on Time Magazine as the first gay president. 
so when we when when, when generations uh, from ours mm-hmm. look down on Barack Obama and they pull up a Time magazine, they're going to see that he was the first gay president. They're going to think that he was gay. You see. I'm not so another sure. thing. <laughs> and another I'm, thing. I never saw that on the Times. <laughs> Yeah. They had him on Time magazine yeah. as the gay president, all because he he went along with uh the, the gay agenda. Uh, the gay agenda. He was promoting the gay agenda as one of the things yeah. he promoted. Yeah, okay. Uh huh. And so <clears throat> you know, I hope he enjoy his his life. Uh he he'll have his uh library in your hometown. And uh you know, so uh, I wish the best for him and his family and his daughters. In 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 uh, in looking at things, Alpha, like you said, um, the light at the end of the tunnel is another train coming, <laughs> and that's where we are. America is 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 heading toward a train wreck. Uh, the powers to be. Uh, cannot deliver uh, the expectations that uh, the American people uh, expect their leadership to deliver. And um, so we're heading toward a disaster. Uh, When you have Elijah Cummings and uh, in Georgia and David Scott in Georgia running unopposed that lets you know the state of affair that most of our people are in, Alpha. And I say that to say this. Most of our people, we assume that they're on the same um, intellectual level as those of us who have been actively involved in the struggle. And that's not the case. They have been so... Um, uh, let, let me say they have been uh, been so uh, uh, diverted from what's actually happening, and they don't get have the understanding because there have been uh, uh, so many uh, obstacles put in in their way of trying to get the proper understanding of what's really happening out here, that they're they're floundering like fish out of water. And uh, they don't know what to do, who to follow, what to read, what to study, how to get the proper information uh, on uh, how to, how to uh, counter uh, what we are facing as a people. And, um, you know, it's a sad state of affairs because when me and you and and, uh, Janice and and, uh, uh, other members of of, uh, of, uh, this radio station, yeah, uh, talk, we are talking about, you know, we're on the same level. We sort of understand each other. Just like you think you knew I was on the phone, <laughs> that was me. And Janice, uh, I congratulate her on her, yeah, it's a retirement. 
you know, she may not like that, but it's a retirement, you know. I retired in 2004, Alpha. But that doesn't mean that I'm not active. Right. So retirement does not mean that you are inactive. It allows you to be more active and to do the things that you really want to do in life and that what you consider important. And so uh, that's the way I look at it. And I've, you know, I've, I've had my ups and downs and obstacles here and there, you know, and but I deal with it on a day-by-day basis. You know, Alpha, we legalize uh, marijuana here in uh, Oklahoma, right? You aware of that? I've got to come to Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah. Oh, is it yeah, is it is it medical medically or or for uh No, it's not recreational. It's not recreational. It's, it's, not, it's, it's medical. It's medical. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, we got yeah. we got however, the same thing. However, here. yeah, however there is no rules on um uh, pertaining to how you obtain uh you know which how you're going to use it. In other words, there's, uh, you know, the the the, the question is, um, how will it be dispensed? Who gets the licenses? The licenses are good for two years. It, we expect that sometime in uh, August they'll have the licenses available for people to apply. Your doctor simply has to recommend, you know, hey, they need to they need to have the the weed. However, remember this: federal law prohibits um, an individual who uh, uh, admits to marijuana use from owning firearms. All right, now keep right. that put a tack put a tack right there. Most of our uh, uh, a hell of a lot of disproportionate amount of uh, uh, number of people in prison today, black folk, is there because of marijuana or drug laws, disproportionately. Now, let me untack the tack. So when you uh, get licensed for, if you want to smoke the pot, and you need it allegedly for medicinal purposes. Purposes. You will not be able to own a firearm. In fact, you got to turn your arm, your arm, your firearms in, and you cannot you cannot buy one because if the dealer sells you one, that's a felony. If you uh, have one in your home, that's a felony. So essentially, you're unarming yourselves, and I don't—I damn sure uh, Alpha don't want to be unarmed in today's environment when they're dragging us behind cars, hanging us. You see, and uh, uh, um, I'm not going to be in that position. So uh, even though it's an enticement to say, "Yeah, let me get," yeah, I have a. Uh, uh, some issues because of my military service to where I would qualify to uh, to get a license. You see, Alpha. Yeah. However, <laughs> you know, I smoked pot when I was uh, younger, 
and it didn't do anything for me, but uh, it would make me hungry, give me the munchies, you see. And so uh, I don't need it. I don't have to do, you know, go with traditional uh, treatment for for the things that I have uh, pertaining to my past military service. But think of those alpha that um, will get their license, and therefore we are unarmed. We need to be armed, man. Just you know, we need we we need to we need to be able to uh, protect our homes, each other. I'm tired of all this pacifist uh, rhetoric. That's not for me. And you know, I'm a former police officer, former mm-hmm. you know, and so on and so forth. But I believe in I believe in protecting our own our own families. I don't believe in calling somebody else. And depending on them, tell them, "Hey, come and help me protect my family." I got some. I got some. I, I got some uh, white supremacists outside my door. So please send somebody, would you please? Not me, Alpha. <laughs> I know what you mean. I've lived in Chicago all my life, and since um, since I can recall, I can remember. Uh, this this city has had an ordinance where you could not own firearms. You couldn't. You had to have. Um, you couldn't register firearms. But uh, uh, I got to tell you, I've had a firearm since I was thirteen, <laughs> and uh, that doesn't seem to stop any train here in Chicago. We have firearms right. to protect ourselves. There's a price to pay. If you get caught up with one, but it hasn't been a big price until here lately. But you are absolutely right. The the system is set that way. The system is set up. I mean, think about it. The arrest records of the disproportionate African Americans and Hispanics that are in prison set the table for unemployed. Unarmed, uh, without a vote. We can vote after you. You know, felons can vote here in Illinois, but it's a state thing. But you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. The system is set up for to disarm us, to disenfranchise us, to go the whole route. And what we're dealing with now. What we're dealing with now, I will make this point, and I'll continue to make this point over and over and over. We are afflicted with the lack of messaging. For instance, if we come out the gate for right now, if Democrats ran to the microphones and accused the Republicans of protecting uh a Putin puppet, a traitor to the United States, and they're tra- and they're protecting him because of their loyalty to party over country, because that's what they're doing. That's exactly what they're doing. This exactly. man, when 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 all the smoke clears, when all the smoke clears, and I do hope, I do, I pray. 
that they have what is called a field indictment. That Robert Mueller will have a field indictment and only a judge can open it. And that Donald Trump is named as a defendant in this field indictment, which won't allow the statute of limitations to run out on his money laundering, his treason, his obstruction of justice, all of the crimes that he has committed, and his children, if his investigation won't allow, won't get uh, Manafort. Manafort's not going to flip. Manafort's going to stand on Donald Trump's uh, ability to pardon. pardon. Manafort's going to stand on the uh, crumbling of law and order in this country and that Donald Trump will eventually get him out of jail. Because oh, yeah, I agree. He's, he's, he's dead to rights. They've got him dead to rights. They've got it. It's a slam. His case is a slam dunk. It's a paper case. And they're going to get him regardless. But um, remember this, Al, Donald Paul. Trump is going to be something else. Yeah, because, see, Donald Trump has even said, I'll pardon myself. You see? So, as if, uh, with the, as if he can. <laughs> as if he can. And this is the state of uh, the ungovernance of, uh, and this is the state of the ungovernance in this in this country. This country is uh, ungovernable. Now, tomorrow, Mexico has its vote for president. And Mexico is the people there, the grassroots people, are ready for a change. They're going to put a radical change in, not a communist, but a socialist-leaning president. And they also have not forgotten the words and how Trump has treated the Mexican people. And so... It's, that would be that's going to be interesting to see what happens uh, today. Also, Alpha Canada uh, put like something like sixteen something plus billion. Uh, yeah, they're, they're retaliating with their tariffs. Yeah, on the tariff. Yeah, retaliation. You know, the clock is see, ticking. So, the clock is ticking. <laughs> The clock is ticking. So when you add all of this up and you come down to the sum total of what's going on, we're heading toward that train wreck, brother. And we needed to, I I told, I said before, many years before, Alpha, while Obama was in president, as it was in as president, start gathering your eggs and put them in your nest. Because you're going to be needing them, you see. And to, uh, you know, like I was talking with India before India declared. Uh, hello, India, India, if you're listening to us. <laughs> yeah, she, uh, she's here. She's here. She's in, my, she's yeah. in the chat room. She's listening. Well, that's great. I, I want to say hello to India. You know, that's that's one of, one of my uh, favorites also, Alpha, along with... Everybody. Um, 
I'm going to just get off and let uh, someone else get back on, Alpha, but I appreciate you taking my call, brother. Uh, I'm standing uh, tall, uh, having given up the fight, and, uh, you know, uh, I know that, uh, uh, you know, victory will be ours in the end, brother. You just watch and see. (laughs) Well, Don, thank you for calling. I'm going. I'm yeah, going. I'm just care. going to put you on mute. I don't know if you're listening on on the site, but I'm going to just put you on mute so you can continue to listen through the. Uh, yeah, put yeah, put phone. me on mute. That's good. Put me on All mute. All right. Thanks a lot, Don. It's great to hear Thank from you, you brother. It's great Thank to you, hear from here. you. Take care. You too. Doc Don, an old favorite, a very loyal listener, and. Um, an old favorite from uh, that we brought over from U.S. Talk Network. Janice, are you there? I'm here. Good to hear from uh, Doc Don. He didn't come from U.S. Talk Network. He came from Blog Talk. That's when he joined us. I, oh. I, I'm the historian here. <laughs> Don, Don, Don came from you. And when I say he came from U.S. Talk, Don used to join us. At U.S. Talk Network. He was in the no. chat room at U.S. No. Talk. No, you're wrong. But I'm the one with the good memory. You're the historian, <laughs> but I'm the one with the good memory. <laughs> Despite all the marijuana. I remember, I remember the first time I talked to him. It was on Blog Talk Radio. I remember the first but time anyway. I, talked, I met him. <laughs> and I haven't met him in person, but through no. U.S. Talk. Okay. Um, that crazy. <laughs> well, I, I'm. I can't be as optimistic as as Don has been in expressing where we're headed here. But I did want to talk to you also, Alpha. Throw out a couple of things. On uh, yesterday, Ross Story was reporting about. Uh, the history of Jeff Sessions and the issue of the question of collusion and conspiracy uh, in the 2016 election. Um, And one of the reasons why he was appointed as the AG was that he was a conduit throughout the campaign uh, in 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 partnership with uh, Jared Kushner, but and and then I wanted to talk about the new issue, a breaking story about Judge Justice Kennedy's <laughs> relationship <laughs> with Donald oh. Trump. You know, we have either, I I concluded late last night that we either have a a justice of the Supreme Court, associate justice of the Supreme Court, who is being blackmailed by a president, or we have a justice of the Supreme Court who is colluding with a president to ensure a cover-up through an appointment to the Supreme Court by a president who is uh, uh, who has committed crime, federal crime. <laughs> um, 
it, it's real interesting that these two stories aren't being amplified and flushed out in the way that they should be. And you often wonder why there isn't more um, on-air speculation and commentary uh, about it. I'm having a real hard time trying to think through Doc Don's comments relative to some victory in the in the future because I I just I don't I just first of all um, see this president appointing a justice that moves this court uh, beyond any civility or any ability of this country to maintain or to move civil and human rights um, that is not centered in a white supremacy, white supremacist ideology that will benefit uh, the top 10% in the economic rungs here. So, I, I'm 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 not able to be as optimistic. So I think that we have to be, and I say this all the time, that we have to be centered in how we survive, how we minimize the damage to our to the to the mission of educating our children, feeding our poor. And and then there's this other item that we're not paying too much attention. You know, the the unions in this country, especially the state and local unions, really are the economic engines in any election. And this Janus decision uh last week by the Supreme Court. Yep. Essentially cripples. Yep. It's not. It's not. You know, the, the the first question I want to ask to anyone who is a member of who is a member of a union who wants to get representation when, as an employee, your rights are violated and you're not willing to pay for it in federal unions. Well. It's it's already clear that even if if you are a union member and you don't pay dues, you still what is that noise? Which noise? I'm moving. I was what noise? Cuss blog talk radio out. That's you. It's annoying. It's me, I'm moving. I know. I know. Why are you moving? Because I had to go. Nature called. Jesus. And on my way, well, when I get up to move, I'm using my walk. <laughs> it sounds uh, like you were washing dishes. But, but, I'm but using here, my walk. Here's the, I'm point why, here's the point why, we're, why, why this decision was so important. 
So here you are. They're diluting and cut. They know that union members generally, for the most part, um, have a Democratic Party leaning. And they're trying to choke yes. that off. They done choked it off. They're choking it off with all the unions. They choked it off with all of the unions. And look at what they've done. Look at what they're doing. While we while we are distracted with all of the scandals and and the investigations on this clown that they call president, they they quietly, very 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 quietly, rolled out um, their uh, 2019 budget that cuts 2.1 trillion from health care programs. $1.5 trillion cuts to Medicaid, Affordable Care Act, $537 billion for Medicare. It, 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 it's, it's just all of this stuff is should be mentioned by every single Democrat. $923 billion will be cut from income security programs Supplemental SNAP, you know, food stamps for the kids, uh, temporary assistance for needy families, $923 billion. And they're going to cut $231 billion from education and social service programs, block grants. Well, and, and, and then, then here's another part of that, uh, community development block grants. Uh, in the amount of $270 million uh, every year go to entitlement communities uh, to supplement, support the local support of nonprofits and community development activities within those communities. Those funds are now being diverted to the Department of Commerce from HUD. Um and the regulations which govern those funds as administered under HUD regulations, part of that is administered under the Fair Housing Act. Now, under Commerce, that $270 million will not be administered under the Fair Housing Act. And that is problematic. And, you know, you, you know I have a huge problem with Wilbur Ross, who I believe was one of the co-leaders of the Ukrainian money laundering. And he is uh, the Secretary of Commerce. So it's a, it, it's a mess of a magnitude that we couldn't even think about 10 years ago. So we've got you remember to the phrase about, what you remember the phrase a thousand points of light, yes, well, there's a thousand points of light, negative light headed this way. Give it a name, count it up add add up the just the 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 multitude of meteors that are rushing 
us as a country right now that are about to fall upon us. The, 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 the budget cut of $4.6 trillion over the next 10 years for entitlement programs, the corruption, the, the, the flat-out corruption that has basically infested every cabinet that this president runs. Now, Sack, put that in place with the FBI and the CIA's corruption and the underhandedness. Look at the children that have been separated from these parents and with no, absolutely no clue how to reunite them, especially after they have deported some of the parents already. How do you get, you take someone's children and declare them properties of the state, of the country. Go down the list. But, you know, when they say that they have no way, I mean, even when, when, when babies are born in a hospital, they put a bracelet on the baby, two bracelets on the mother, a bracelet on the father, a bracelet on everybody. And those bracelets are are checked every time that baby is moved. Every encounter, every test. That's right. That's right. Every time, every everything they do, the first thing they did it to me. The first thing they did come to the hospital and scan my wristband. Get your okay. ass out of here! You're trying to and charge you, me for something. This was <laughs> intentional. Keep it, now keep in right. mind. This was intentional. That people in this country, wealthy people in this country, go to Guatemala, Venezuela, Honduras, Belize, uh, Italy. Everywhere in the world, you, the Ukraine, adopting babies, spending hundreds of thousands of dollars. I'm, I'm not putting out a, 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 um, a conspiracy theory about it. I'm simply saying. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's not a conspiracy theory if it's true. That's what Democrats don't understand. You can speculate on truth. You can speculate of a Deutsche Bank justice from the Supreme Court's son loaning Donald Trump $2.5 billion. $2.5 billion since... uh, 1978? I mean, 1998. When, when no other bank would lend him $5. Right. Right. And and how he's courted a Supreme Court Justice Kennedy. See, because you've got Supreme well, Court Justices that cozy up and have conflicts of interest. Clearly. That's, that's what I'm saying. Either... Either Kennedy was blackmailed to get off the bench because Trump would expose his son, or or Kennedy 
is voluntarily retiring to conceal one or the other. My first thing is this. When the Deutsche Bank was fined $630 million for a $10 billion Russian money laundering scheme, they laundered $10 billion in Russian and in Colombian drug money through the Deutsche Bank. The United States, like Obama, uh, W. Bush, they should have sanctioned Deutsche Bank from the beginning, and that would not have been a problem. Donald Trump couldn't have borrowed money. The Deutsche Bank was in violation of banking laws, federal laws, American laws, but there was but no Apple, fine to be paid. Refresh, refresh, refresh my understanding. Didn't Obama issue sanctions against the Deutsche Bank after the during the course of the trial and didn't Donald Trump in the second month of his presidency lift that sanction? Yeah, I'm but he's been borrowing money since nineteen ninety eight. You're right. Donald Trump lifted the he what Donald Trump did was he vacated, I guess, the sanctions. And sanctions are a duty of Congress. So the Republican, you see, Janice, my point is simply this. This is the message that this is the tape setting the table. This is the corruption, the cronyism of the Republicans. If the Democrats had been in front of a microphone screaming that the Republicans were enabling bank fraud, that they were enabling, paint them as the crooks that they are. But, I'm, but not, here, I'm not here, saying here's, that Democrats here's the thing that crooks. we Here's the thing that we need to, to, to keep our eye on. Wilbur Ross, co-director with a Russian oligarch in a Ukrainian bank that did business with Deutsche. Oh, that, that same Lindsey Graham, Lindsey Graham yep. received money into his pack from that Ukrainian bank. Now, from what you are saying, Mitch McConnell, Mitch McConnell, all Ryan and his wife, packs. And his wife, yeah, his wife was his wife was a little tough woman the other day, but oh, they she all backed the reporters down, didn't she? <laughs> yep, they all received money. McConnell and Ryan received money, and they were giving out money from their pack to various members of the of the of 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 the House from now. money from the Ukrainian bank. 
money which was being diverted from the Dusha Bank into the U- Ukrainian Bank, which I can't think of the name of the bank. It was something like sounded like Sitco or something like that, Sitcom or well, whatever. Well, let, let me put it. Let me put it like this. You know the innuendo and the lies that are being perpetrated through a scandal about the FBI. What if every Democrat was at a microphone saying that the Republican Party, through Citizens United, is funneling foreign money into our election? What if every Democrat was coming out and basically broadcasting this, basically putting them all on blast. When we say okay. the Democrat, the Democratic Party is just as bad as the Republican Party, we're right. Yeah. But yeah. this is how you set the table. This is how you stop the people from scandal to scandal. You're going from a bullshit scandal of Benghazi or a bullshit scandal of her emails to the truth scandal of the funneling foreign money into the Republican Party in our elections. Look at the yeah. money goes that from Russia that's gone through the NRA that goes through that that basically funnels through the Republican Party. It, it, it's 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 to a point where it comes at us from so many directions. But but here's another here's another point to that that people really need to examine. Why is Cory Booker all of a sudden the mouthpiece on this the timing on the appointment, the nomination for the Supreme Court vacancy? Why is it Cory Booker. See, they're creating another Barack Obama. Right, right. And Cory Booker, let me put it like this. Cory Booker's chance to be the next Barack Obama is about as much chance as I've gotten getting into a pair of well, you've got to understand. I mean, but one of the things that, that, that was very clear to me that prior to being Senator Barack Obama, when he was in the state, Illinois State Senate, no one, no one prior to the Democratic National Convention speech thought of Barack Obama as a president. No one. You're right. But he see, wasn't even on the radar. Booker. Cory Booker brings baggage, some serious baggage, like voting against negotiating farmer drug prices with other countries. He voted with the Republicans on that. Cory Booker is the Mr. Nauseating when it comes to the um, the situations with uh, the uh, Bain Capitals and the Crony, the vulture capitalism as compared to the uh, regular capitalism. You see, he is a Wall Street Democrat, just like Barack Obama, but Barack Obama did not carry that baggage. Barack Obama was able to sell himself to centrist black people and to all black people, the majority of black people. 
until he got in there and most of them saw what it, he was really about. Yeah. yeah. I Cory mean, Booker people can't have sell to really, himself like that. People really have to break down into the stories that are not at the top of the mainstream media, and that means reading unmainstream press. You know, for instance, today, a federal judge here in Massachusetts tonight temporarily blocked the eviction of about 1,700 Puerto Rican hurricane evacuees from hotels across the country because their assistance vouchers were set to expire tonight at midnight. Now, what does that mean in terms of accountability in, the, in your government? These people were, 1,700 people were going to go on the street. Right. These were people and how many? Who, came, who came into this country because their homes were eliminated, destroyed in Puerto Rico. These are American citizens. Exactly. But they're American citizens of color, and the government doesn't give a damn about them, number one. And, and tell me something. Just like I played in the opening of the program, the Louis Farrakhan lie. <laughs> they lied on tra- They've been breaking treaties, agreements, promises. That's how they've done for two centuries, two and a half centuries damn near. The United States word is worth jack. They, they don't have any credibility when it comes to keeping their promise. They broke their promise on DACA. They broke the, the treaty, not the treaty, they broke the agreement on the Iran nuclear deal. And we had as much verification as we have with anything, and they allowed the lie that we gave them hundreds of billions of dollars that belonged to them. That was frozen in 1979 when Iran seized the hostages from the embassy. That was part of the sanctions. But you did not hear people saying it was their money. All you heard was the scenario of Barack Obama gave them billions of dollars to fund to fund more terrorism throughout the Middle East and throughout the world. Yep. And and and, and, and and here's the other thing you don't hear you don't hear black people talking about and we need to really um <clears throat> understand and examine the import of us quitting the UN's human rights council. Because what that does <laughs> is it takes the US another That's step right. away from international agreements <clears throat> that are that are critical. So, That's um, right. you know, here, here, here we are. And I still say that um, I can't be optimistic because there's no saving ourselves from this ravaging of America for all its faults, for all its problems for all of its repressive public, foreign and international, foreign and domestic uh, policies, 
I just don't see and us. threats. Yes, I just don't see and us threats. being able. The the only thing, and I said it from the very beginning, which is why I came off the air because I don't think people are willing to mobilize or organize around it. The most fundamental and essential and critical action that has to be taken is to get is getting rid of this president. That's right. Well, this president <laughs> has got to go because it's it's almost like for 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 white conservatives they are being held hostage. The government is being held hostage. There's no by, understanding by an astute of, con man. Exactly. By an astute con man, Janice. Exactly. Well, Janice, I got. Let me let me get to this I other call. Go. I got. I, okay. I got to. No, I want to. I want to put and, you and on the mute again. The next thing I want to say is that as the executive producer of TruthWorks Network, we're not going to have people calling and yelling and screaming. That's not going to happen. So the new rule, as they say, hit the <laughs> hit the mute button. Okay. Uh, all right, Janice, I'm gonna put you on hold. I'm gonna put you on mute again, because I know you're gonna listen on either either or. Okay. Oh, Janice hung up on me. Okay. Let me go. Let me see here. Let me see here. Seven five seven seven five seven. Welcome to the Alpha Show. Thank you for calling True Forks Network. What's up, my brother? What's up? Brother Otis, how you doing, man? I'm doing fine. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. She covered a lot of ground, but if you go back over what she said, she answered her own question. When she started talking about the Russian money being handed out by Ryan and McConnell all through the Freedom Caucus, that's exactly why you will not get rid of this president. And I know you may not like it, but I love the fact that everything on the record is digital. You can go over your Facebook activity logs. I leave mine public. I also make predictions, and I said it when they first put Flynn in handcuffs. That Sessions, Ryan, and McConnell were deeply involved in the disbursement of money, and Janice just went over some of the reasons why, including Wilbur Ross and Mnuchin, that were all involved in it, along with Manafort and the guy Gorka. All of those people were involved, and are too many Republicans and, in fact, a few Democrats are involved in that money with Russia so you will never get rid of Trump. We might as well forget that, and then I'm going to say the part you don't like. I said it when it happened. Donna Brazil confirmed it. The hubris associated with the Democratic Party set this table. Over a 1,000 losses in the eight years all across from the Senate all the way down to the House to the state level a thousand losses in Democratic positions. Two thirds of the states lost to the GOP because of DNC Democrats taking corporate money and not giving a damn about the people. So there's really nothing to yell about. 
we can't just keep on hollering, this is Trump. And I put, I shared the video with you, hoping you would play it, because I put it in everybody's face from Toure to Jonathan Capehart. Grover Norquist made it plain in 2012 when they thought they were going to get Obama or limit him to one term. They did not need a furious leader. All they needed was someone with enough digits to hold a pen and to sign the Ryan McConnell cut to social security, cut to entitlements, so on. So there's a digital record, and I say it again. This is not all Trump. The fact that an egomaniac happens to be the court gesture, we knew what was on the line. Democrats put it on the line thinking they were going to win, and they helped shovel uh, the, the last load of dirt on free people. Yeah. I don't just... I don't disagree with that either. <laughs> I don't disagree with that at all. And just, just to you know, to say it again, just just to be repetitive for myself. The uh, fight I'll has one to more be thing with in, one thing. And I'm going to mute myself, Mr. Alpha. If we don't use this time to create a viable third party, you can forget about those 19 grandkids having a good life. This is going to be five to six of destruction and mayhem. This country will essentially be a third world nation under state lock and key that with militarized police and national guards patrolling the streets, just like bloody summer of Newark and, and all of, in my youth. We'll be right back to the days of Stokely Carmichael and Fred Hampton. And I, I cannot disagree with you, Otis. I cannot disagree with you. The, the trail, the trail, our own trail of tears has a long road, is on a long road. Brother Otis is absolutely right. Dennis is absolutely right. The Republican Party, country be down. They want the Republican Party. They want the Republican way. You can talk. Don't talk to me about evangelical. Don't talk to me about Christians. Don't talk to me about Republicans. The Democratic Party, it's money. It's the money. The Democratic Party, the Republican Party, and I tell you again, one party is negotiating and we'll give them for a little more. One party gives us just a little more crumbs than another party. Other party's not looking to give us a damn thing. And that's where we are. We can talk about a third party. We can talk about it. Talk about it all you want. But they've got the down payment on this country, and this country is locked and loaded, and they're hit. that train is going down the track, Republican, Democrat, Republican, Democrat, Republican, Democrat, and that's what it's going to be, and that's the way it is. What was that, um, what was the guy's name in the range? 
That's just the way it is. Some things will never change. And that's what it's going to be. That was the long game that was visited upon us with Citizens United. The Republicans, the Republican-controlled Supreme Court, to put that Citizens United money in. And see, if the people who were trying to reverse Citizens United spoke of the money in Citizens United and the damage it has done. Money is not speech. Money is corruption. And that's how it should be framed, couched, and addressed. And if they had addressed it that way, if they addressed, don't just say overturn Citizens United. You've got to set the table. You've got to let the people of America know. Right now, they put in there, uh, and it's supposed to be a law that foreign money is illegal in our elections. So they filter it and siphon it through nonprofits, so-called nonprofits, for an ideology, for an agenda that says nothing for you people of color, nothing for you poor people, nothing for you brown people. Yes, the Democratic Party has to be changed. And on that note, I'll say this. If you remember Senator Blanche Lincoln from Arkansas, Blanche Lincoln barely beat out the primary challenger who was a progressive Democrat. And the race was so close and the people were so up in arms that when Blanche Lincoln won, the Democratic Party ceded that seat to a Republican because they just would not support Blanche Lincoln by hook or crook. And and the Democrats will never hold that seat in Arkansas again because the Democratic Party would not stand up for the people, would not stand up for the middle class, would not stand up for people of color. And I'll ask again, if the Democratic Party can't stand for the truth, how are they going to stand for the middle class? people of color. And the poor. How do you stand for something if you can't stand for the truth? Bernie Sanders. We got to get rid of Citizens United. Well, damn right. But tell them why, Bernie. Free college, free, free, free health care. You're damn right. But tell them why, Bernie. And tell him how. That was the question. As soon as he started talking about free college and free health care, something that every civilized nation enjoys, except for the United States. Something that people 
throughout the world enjoy health care. It's a right. You don't go bankrupt because you get sick. Free college. You don't have a nation of idiots, a nation of stupid who are vulnerable to class fear and who are vulnerable to racism. You have to have an educated population. The Republicans won't put money into science. They don't want to put money into schools. They don't want to put money into health care. They don't want to do a damn thing. Nothing that they want to do that helps the middle class. And Donald Trump is correct. The media is crooked. (laughs) Hillary Clinton was investigated six times, investigated for crooked acts. No, and no evidence warranted going on trial for for nothing. Emails, Benghazi, the Clinton Foundation. The Clinton Foundation could be corrupt as hell, but they can't prove it or show it. And anyway, the Clinton Foundation, the last time I checked, they weren't funneling the money through the Clinton Foundation into the political arena here in the United States. But you got Donald Trump. 1,597 times evidence of crooked acts warranted going to trial. He settled 236 times and found, or found guilty of crooked acts. But Hillary was the crooked one. But they never could get that message across. They couldn't get that message over to you now. And as the time marches on, as the sands of time march on, it waits for no one. We will be left here in the same semblance of a barter town. Barter town is the city in the movie. Thunderdome, where they were selling radioactive water, and it was just an open, open air marketplace for primitive third world nation. And that's what the United States is on its way to being reduced to is a barter town. And I fear that Otis was right. We will never get rid of this president because of the money. The blue wave could very well, in my, let me put it like this, I am a little more optimistic about the blue wave with this weekend's, with the, they keep, he keeps shooting them in the foot, and they still continue to pour the money in to convince stupid electorate, the people who do, who vote or who don't vote to either not vote or vote their way or convince them that somehow some person of color is coming for their job, is coming for their health care, is coming for their wives, their children, fear, bigotry. 
they peddle the propaganda lie. And the ignorant American population sucks it up. And it keeps our political discourse up in arms. We have a lot of work to do. Very little time to do it in. Republicans are good at one thing, and that's starting this shit and getting everybody in an uproar. And then they have to wait on a election day to come around in two years. You see, the 2019 budget that they're about trillions of dollars out of the so-called entitlement programs while they've given trillions to the rich and the corporations. And we'll have to wait until 20, and then they'll give them time for their money to buy our logic and our reasoning. It's almost funny. If it wasn't so crucial, if it wasn't so pathetic. I want to thank, um, what have I got here? I got a couple of minutes. I got two minutes left. I want to thank Dr. Don for reappearing in our community. I want to thank Janice Graham. I want to thank Otis for their calls and their their contributions to our little on-air. And I'll say this to you. The more we lack a message, the lack of messaging will be our downfall. The inability to blow the siren on the truth. Because Just like they lie, the truth must be spoken more than once. When injustice becomes the law, resistance becomes duty. Let us move on to our next questioner at the mic. Everybody thinks we're wrong. Who are they to judge us, mother, mother, simply call the sweet where I hang on, mother,
America, one of the wealthiest countries in the world. But the question is, how did it accumulate its wealth? Um, this is a nation founded on genocide and built, built on the back of slaves. All right? Um, so, so we started with a racial problem. We, want, we tried to actually eliminate one entire race, and then we used another race to build this country actually quite quickly as a new country into a world power. This country never would have had the wealth that it had had it not had slavery for a couple of hundred years. But I say to white people, look, you didn't do it. You say, yeah, that's right. We, we didn't have nothing to do with slavery. Yeah, but because of slavery, when you immigrants came here, America was already built with the blood, the sweat of my ancestors. So you got what you got because your fathers gave us what they gave us. One mistake that's often made is showing how the South, the Confederacy, acquired their wealth off of the back of our ancestors. And even then, it's reduced to just a few slave owners who saw a real benefit. No. Chattel slavery of blacks benefited the South, but just as much it benefited the North and all of America and its many European immigrants. America's economic structure was propelled by its dominant export sold throughout the world, cotton. This one crop provided over half of all U.S. export earnings. And by 1840, 60% of the world's cotton was grown, picked, and labored over for free by our ancestors. These plantation owners were raking in money, accumulating great wealth, and never having to pay one dime to their laborers. But the North? The North was just as involved. The North developed a variety of businesses that provided services to the slave South, like textile factories, insurance companies, shippers, and cotton brokers. But it doesn't stop at the slave owner or the businesses that provided the services to the slave system. Banks. Yes. Bankers on Wall Street made millions selling goods to the South, along with giving loans and creating banks to finance Southern plantations. And much of the same wealth they still have today. Let me give you some examples. J.P. Morgan and Chase Bank admitted that between the years of 1831 to 1865, two of their predecessor banks, Citizens Bank and Canal Bank in Louisiana accepted 13,000 slaves as collateral on loans that slave masters defaulted. One of the more successful banking families that built much of their wealth on the slave trade was the Brown family, more commonly known as the Brown Brothers and Harriman Company, which is the oldest and largest private investment bank. The Brown Brothers owned hundreds of slaves this family dominated the cotton industry. They made